1240, our phone number, as we welcome back to the show, Richard A. Bear, A. Bear's Garden Center. How are you doing, sir? Jeff, good morning. Doing great. Boy, yes. you been outside? I Not in about two hours. I mean, the humidity is noticeably less to me, anyway. Good. Got some weed eating to do uh, after the day. Uh, notice uh, some apparatus. Oh, wow. Boy, you're getting at it today. You do I manual am. labor? I didn't know that. I know. I put up a trellis the other day for my cucumbers. That's right. I I did that on Tuesday, yes. and then yesterday I sent you a picture, and, and those were not there Tuesday, because right. I, I, I would have noticed them Tuesday. Because you ate it, yeah. But uh, what, how did that so happen the, so quick? What Jeff sent me, and we, we talk about this from time to time, but this is on a, his cucumber plants, and you'll see it on many vegetables, tomatoes, eggplants, peppers, and it's these little white trailing lines that are in the leaves, and those are leaf miners. And it's very common, but very hard to deal with. And the main reason they're hard to deal with is because they are within, they're within the leaf itself. So it's not like you, when you spray an insecticide on it, you, you're coming in straight contact with them. So the solution to leaf miners is to catch them as early as you can and break those leaves off and discard them. Now, if it's on 70% of the leaves, obviously you can't do that. And so this is what I bought. This is what you're going to use, Jeff. And basically it's a, it's a very... Um, very safe. It's organic, but 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 works, but very effective. And uh, except that those the ones that are within there, you got to kind of pinch them out if you can. I don't know how many leaves, how many leaves you got total. There's a bunch. Yeah, but how many leaves you got total? A hundred, maybe in that name. No, and, not um, each. Yeah, rough. maybe so. Maybe a hundred leaves, yeah. and you think fifty of them have it. Yeah. It's well, so so the ones that are the, you can't take fifty percent of the leaves off. So, but if you can take twenty twenty five percent of the leaves off, I do it, and the worst ones, and yeah. just take them off and just put them in a plastic bag, tie it up, and put it in the garbage can, and then and then spray this, and you do this every three or four days, and and hopefully you can get it. It's a moth that's laying an egg, and it's going, it's getting in there, and and so you just want to slow it down is what you want to do. So it's very common. Most people at this point probably have it. If temperatures maybe would have stayed a little bit cooler, they wouldn't have been as multiplying as fast. But it's 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 just uh, it's common, and, and you should be able to fertilize that plant, and out, it'll outgrow all that. And just uh, you'll you'll be the farmers market selling all your cucumbers this year. I see that. Okay, how often again? But every two, uh, twice a week. Okay. Yeah. And uh, and so that's good. And this is basically. Uh, 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 BT, spinazad would work. There's a couple of things that work, but these two would be organic way to get after it. But, again, it's more of a control thing rather than a cure. Yeah. You just want to slow it down and, and let it cure. So we're seeing, we're seeing a lot of that. We're also seeing um, – Jeff, I bought this for you too. Uh, Merry Christmas. And uh, it Uh-oh. is – if you look at it really, really close, Jeff, you'll see these little tiny worms in there. And uh, that is abundant. And you use the same thing. So you better use this, Jeff, on that plant for multiple reasons. And what's occurring to these leaves is that you're getting a bunch of small holes, and then it's kind of, it's kind of like a, a – um, it looks like – I don't know how to describe it um, – a lacy look to it in uh, the leaf itself. And, uh, but if you, if you really t- do a close inspection, that's why I talk about when people look at their vegetables, you don't want to go out there twice a week and just look at it and say, oh, everything's doing great, boom. You really want to do really close visual inspections. You want to get in there and look under the leaves and just check each plant, four or five leaves. If you see a hole, look under the leaf. If you see anything that's different, just really do close visual inspection. It makes a big difference because 
you know, these worms are very easy to get. But with this type of weather that we're having right now, they will multiply um, very rapidly and, and devour a lot of the plant. We're, we're also seeing those tomato hornworms, getting back to close visual ex- inspections. Uh, the tomato hornworm will disguise itself as a, as a, as a leaf and or as a stem. You, it is very hard to see them, but if you get in there close and you'll see it. The reason why that one's important is that those hornworms, they're amazing. I mean, you'll wake up one day and see maybe 10% of the leaves just eating up to nothing. You say, ah, okay. Wake up the next day, you see another 20 or 30% of the leaves. And if you, if you stay there a week, they'll eat the whole plant. And they're easy to get. You can actually handpick them, Jeff, and, and throw them away and, and then crush them. Um, and they don't bite. They don't sting. Um, and they just, they're really big. I, I would say they could be as long as, uh, you know, a couple inches long with a, dyna- uh, a half-inch diameter. Really big caterpillars is what they are. And uh, they look gruesome in terms of the feet, but they're not. And you would just hand pick them and take them off, and then you would spray something, some organic BT or spinazad that would kill them. It takes it takes a day to kill them. That's why I recommend going in and pick them off mm-hmm. because they can eat so much so fast. And uh, that's that is the hornworm. They call it tomato hornworm, but they will get on on other plants also and really really wreak havoc and and this is the, this is the prime weather you know i've been talking about how fungus has been an issue and it has been and it's going to it's continued being an issue because of the amount of rain we're getting but now that we're getting something these temperatures starting to consistently stay warm we're starting to see a lot more bug issues so you know you want to you want to stay on top of it and uh, and do it so look out for your uh your your uh vegetable uh, fungus Fungus is going to be brown spots, yellowing with spots in it. Uh, it's just going to look different. It doesn't look like bug bites or insect holes. And, 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 and again, I'm telling people, spray for the fungus, whether they need it or not. We got, we, we got rains this, w- this week. That means the fungus is going to be there. If you spray it, you won't, it, it won't get you. Scale? Very good, Jeff. That's immature scale. And, uh, Jeff, you're doing good today, man. Um, the... Uh, Yes. 20 years of us doing this. It, <laughs> you know, right. Something's rubbing <laughs> off. You know. Exactly. And it's immature scale. So this scale right here will eventually, uh, you know, harden up into nodules. And what Jeff was uh, looking at, a, uh, a leaflet of, of uh, scale on a camellia. And the scale, it's really hard to ID. You, you look at it and you say, well, this could be powdery mildew or this could be... Uh, a fungus, but it's, if you look at these little tiny specks and it's just immature scale, uh, you got to stay on top of this one again because they will multiply very fast. They they can be a little bit difficult difficult con- to control, but if you stay on top of it, you can you can deal with it. There are sprays that you can actually spray on these leaves to kill it, but there's also drenches that you would drench to prevent it. And uh, usually, when a customer comes in, we recommend doing both: you drench it and spray it, and therefore you can kill the active uh, insects. And then, and then the drench will actually go into the leaves and systemically go in the leaves and, and prevent them. When they bite on it, they, it prevents them from reoccurring. Uh, and you would do that twice a year. You would do it now and then again in uh, you know, July, August uh, to prevent them. You'll also see, Jeff, that on the upper side of the leaf, what Jeff looked at with all these little white, small little specks on the underside of the leaf, when you look at the upper side of the leaf, you see these little yellowing spots. And that's what these things are actually taking the chlorophyll out of the leaf and uh, and wreaking havoc. 
you know, we always talk about when it comes to many plants about airflow, and that's a big one when it comes to uh, uh, scale and sooty mold and all that. Uh, sometimes, you know, uh, selectively pruning out some of the branches to allow more airflow or location of the plant uh, will decrease this issue. But when we start to get a lot of humidity and rainfall, even stuff with good airflow is getting is, is staying wet, and that's certainly over the last couple of weeks has been the case. And and uh, and you know it's kind of the the, the norm for you know uh, right now when the humidity gets really high. But when things really start to stay really wet, uh, they're more prone to it. Uh, you'll see this uh, sooty mow a lot on crepe myrtles, Jeff, and crepe myrtles that are in full sun. There, there are certain varieties that are more susceptible to sooty mow, which is actually a bug. It makes the leaves turn black. But uh, there, there are certain uh, varieties of crepe myrtles that are more susceptible. But a lot of it is uh, is location. Uh, the more sun they get, uh, uh, the, 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 the better airflow they get. They're out in the wide open. They're going to be much hardier and, uh, and much more uh, resilient in terms of the, uh, uh, of the insect problems. Blossom end rot, we talked about it last week. I'll continue to talk about it because with the rainfall we're going to get, they're going to start to see it on those vegetables. Prevent it, easy to prevent, safe. Calcium nitrate, you can spray on the leaves or, or put it on the ground. If you haven't had the problem, you can put it on the ground. If, you, if you're starting to get the problem, and we're going to start to see it, Jeff, with the rains, uh, there's a liquid that you can spray directly on the leaves that will prevent it, won't happen, and you won't lose many of your, uh, your first your tomatoes with that blackening on the bottom of the fruit itself. And that's kind of uh, um, it's going to be an issue. Hadn't seen too much of it yet, but, but it will happen because, uh, you know, the timing is absolutely correct. Kind of staying with the vegetables, Jeff, uh, you know, it's not too late to, to plant. Certainly things like cucumbers and okra and uh, squash, you can direct seed that stuff. It'll come up. It'll grow fast. Someone came in a, a couple of days ago, and they said, you know, my cucumbers aren't growing that fast, and, and it's slow. It could be a lot of issues there. It could be the soil. It could be the cold weather and, and maybe stunning them back if they've been in it a long time. But a, a good remedy would be instead of you saying, well, wait and see what happens. You could wait and see what happens, and I agree with that. But it's a cheap, a cheap source. It's just plant a few seeds in between the plants that are, that are slow growing. You know, you, you can be amazed. You can have a plant that you planted that for some reason got studded, maybe some cool nights or whatever, stunted those plants. And so they turned yellow, not really vigorous and not really growing. Uh, um, plant a few seeds in between those. And many times those seeds will come up really fast at this point, at this time of the year, and outgrow the ones that have been stunted. Mm. And but you can play the you can uh, it's kind of the best of both worlds in, in the sense that well you're not pulling those plants up you can see and if they take off then they'll do fine but if they don't take off you got some backup in the ground and in, you know you're not going out and spending fifty dollars to try to buy new plants and all that. To plant a few seeds it'll cost you a, a couple of bucks and. Uh, and they'll come up. You can do that with a lot of things, Jeff, and uh, uh, in terms of replanting in between. Corn is a big one that they'll do that with. They'll plant, you know, uh, uh, peas or something like that within the corn. Once the corn gets around two feet tall, they'll plant something underneath it, companion crop, and something that's going to vine, such as cow peas, uh, southern peas. And they'll plant that uh, at the bottom of the stalk. The plant, the corn continues to grow. When you harvest the corn stalk, you have basically your stakes are already standing there, and then they'll vine up the uh, plant, and it's easy to harvest the uh, the peas because they've vined up the corn stalk. 
and then when it's all done, you plow it all under. But So there's a lot of ways to companion plant, but this is a simple way of saying, you know, I'm worried about the plant. That's a cheap way of kind of getting it started. Kind of staying on that theme, uh, you know, we, we also ask them, say, okay, the, the, the plant's not growing that fast, and have you put any fertilizer? I said, well, yeah, I use miracle Grow, which is a soluble liquid, okay, that they put on the leaves. Remember, we always talk about liquids work fast, but they don't last long. So he said, yeah, well, I, I did it when we planted them, and about three or four weeks later I did it again. I said, well, it could be a fertilizer issue because, remember, these solubles will last two or three days. So that first one you did only lasted two or three days. And so if it was several weeks later, it's really not enough fertilizer. So when it comes to fertilization, you can have these dry granules and you have the soluble liquids or the liquids. If you're going to use one or the other, always use the dry granules. It'll take a few more days to work, but they'll stay there for about a month, as opposed to the liquids, which work really, really fast, but only stay there a few days. So the liquids or the solubles are used as supplements. The dry granules are used for the, long, for the longevity. So if you're going to do one or the other at the time of planting, always do the dry granules. But you can do the soluble liquids at the same time as a supplement. Say, okay, I just planted this plant. It's kind of under stress. Let me, let me use that liquid on it. It's perfect. And you can do that in combination with both. Or... Uh, your tomato plant or your cucumber plant has a lot of flowers on it. It's, it's starting to set a lot of the, uh, the, the cucumbers or the tomatoes themselves. Plant's kind of under stress. It's got a, you know, it's, it's got a lot, of, lot of fruit on it. Use a, use a liquid. They work fast. But always, always in combination with the dry granules, that would be, uh, uh, you know, very, very important. All right. What else you got in the box? Okay. I'm pulling, let me pull my. Okay. We kind of talked about this a few weeks ago, but I think it's. Uh, prominent you know when it comes to uh uh planting seeds a lot of people like to do seeds especially you know the kids are fixing to get out of school and uh i think it's a great learning tool in terms of of how to teach and i just bought some some different seeds that will actually grow very very easily and um and grow very very fast Mm -hmm. so uh you know you don't always have to start with a plant and uh, you know sometimes people are on a budget and and, and especially with kids, you know, uh, it's just fun to kind of to kind of plant these seeds and and watch them grow. And and, and many things, Jeff, you know, for it to go from from a seed to adult adult like a tomato seed, and you know that might take six weeks to to get into a viable plant. Maybe a little bit less than that this time of year, but but it could. Whereas these will come up in a matter of days, probably anywhere from you know you know, five to 10 days. And then once they start to germinate, given the temperatures we have, uh, they grow very fast. Of course, the most common one is sunflower seeds, you know, and sunflowers, a lot of people say, oh, they're, they're so tall, I don't have a spot. They got short ones now, too, that you can dwarf sunflowers, very easy to do. seems to me they don't have a lot of staying power, though, around here. They used to plant them over here. Okay. And they'd be brilliant, uh, but then, boom, they're gone. Once they finish, they finish. You're oh, right. Okay. They, they finish. You're correct. So that's normal. That's normal. Okay. And then uh, zinnias is another one. Uh, you know, and again, the old cut flower zinnias that I guess maybe 30, 40 years ago, that was all they had. Well, this is a, a little dwarf one, which is only 12 inches tall, as opposed to the cut flower, which is about three feet, three foot tall, but makes long stem. But this beautiful, ease, so easy to do. Again, we're not talking about potting them up and then letting them grow and then transplant them. We're not talking, we're talking about direct seeding this in the ground. Uh, and, you know, the kids will 
will grow it. Four o'clock. You know, we have a uh, a bush of four o'clock. Remember, we've had two hard freezes in the last three years, really hard freezes. And these four o'clock plants have come back every year. Is that right? They're, they're in our parking lot, and people will come. And, and the old people, Jeff, who know the store on four o'clock, will actually come in and say, hey, can I break off some of the flowers? Uh, because the seeds are in the flower. Very easy to reseed. Great learning experience for these kids and uh and the reason they call it four good for business though eh, I didn't, but uh <laughs> if i if i get them hooked a little bit jeff they're going to come there back later go. and go. so the four o'clock because they open up in the evening and they therefore they're called four o'clock but this plant will get around uh, uh three feet tall and i mean they will bloom um all summer into the fall again they become kind of woody, and then they'll freeze back. They will drop seed and come up from seed also. But this is actually coming from the same plant. Very hardy, very easy, easy to do. Um, uh, Cleome is another good one. It's, uh, it'll get about 18, 24 inches. I don't think the picture does it, does it justice. But uh, you would scatter these seeds directly in the bed. Everything I got have here is going to be more sun than shade. And uh, it, ma- it makes an upright plant. These will get... Uh, uh, pretty tall they'll they'll get upwards of 24 to 3 feet tall and just again direct seeding you just seed in the ground you're not buying little peat pots and you're not pampering these these little plants uh, it's a great great learning to uh and then uh, the last one i bought was one called coneflower and it kind of looks like a daisy but y'all seen this it uh the petals kind of hang inward yeah or outwardly yeah. or down Almost i should say like a, a skirt you know yeah exactly exactly really uh really a unique flower cone flower it is a perennial it'll also come back and uh so you want something different again it looks like a daisy with the petals laying going downward i guess and one i didn't bring you bring up daisy shasta daisy it takes a little bit longer for that to perform but all of these will actually come up germinate bloom most of this summer so the kids will be able to say hey I get it. I, I get where all this stuff comes from. And, and uh, just like you're learning where this year where the cucumber comes from. I bet you didn't know that. From seed? From seed. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had an idea. I had an idea. And then, so next week, Jeff, we'll talk about where pickles come from, and, uh, and then we'll <laughs> teach you on that one. <laughs> you know, I, I thought about pickling. But I understand there are better varieties there are. than others to yeah. pickle. Yeah, you definitely want something with a small seed. And generally when it matures – about four, four max six inches. You know, you want these little shorter ones. Uh, so there are varieties. Uh, do, do you do you pull the cucumber earlier than it would normally be pulled? No, not no. on the pickling variety. So the pickling variety is going to mature at about four or five inches. I say. Okay, it's going to mature. Whereas this one, you could technically say, well, I'm going to pull it when it's smaller, but it's not all developed. All gotcha. right. So, so yeah, the, there are pickling and actually. Pickling varieties that do extremely well. You know, one one variety we have by seeds called Boston does extremely well, uh, and uh, and it's just a very hardy plant. But it, it, they're just a short; they mature shorter. So harvesting shorter, yeah, you can do that to a degree, but you can at least you know it's going to be too big. You have, they yeah. have to get at least six inches, and it just get too big in diameter and all that. So fair enough. Anything else uh, you want to bring about, Jeff? I think that's it. Um, uh, I hope this low humidity stays around, but I don't. I know it's not going to. Yeah. But, uh, but enjoy it while it's there. Enjoy it while it's there. Yeah. All right. Thanks again uh, for bringing by the uh, leaf miner uh, killer. Okay, Jeff. Uh, or preventer. That's right. Yeah. Okay. 
Appreciate it. Richard Hebert, Hebert's Garden Center. Uh, open seven days a week right now? Or yeah, no? we are. Do yeah. Memorial Day weekend. Very good.